It's my first time wearing 18. It's weird not seeing you at 13. I know. And that's for mats, right? Yeah. I've only worn two numbers my whole career, 13 and 16. 16 was for Robbie Clark and 13 was for Max. Well, Elliot, here we are once again, interview time. Max Domi of the Dallas Stars. Uh, welcome to 32 Thoughts, the podcast presented by GMC and the Sierra AT4X and the law firm of Friedman, Merrick, and Delich. <laughs> so today, um, a conversation that I had while we were in Dallas, Elliot, with Max Domi, of the Dallas Stars trade deadline acquisition, someone that we wondered, would he re-sign with Chicago? Would he be on the move? As players like Garnet Hathaway and Tanner Janot and players that played with a little bit of bite, Tyler Bertuzzi, as these types of players became available around trade deadline, they were gobbled up quickly. I would imagine there must have been other teams as well looking for the services of, of Max Domi. What comes to mind when you hear his name right away, Max Domi? First of all, there's no way this interview could have been that good because I it wasn't was great. on it. Yeah, it was actually, great. I have it to say, Almol gave it rave reviews. Almol <laughs> gave it rave reviews. And I know Almol's yeah. not lying. So I'm looking forward to hearing it because, you know, one of the things I think about with Domi is that, you know, because he comes from a hockey family, obviously, and because he's had a lot of experiences, I think about a guy who's pretty worldly and has a lot of perspective on things. Yep. And I've always felt that way about him. And I've heard that this interview really reflects that. When I think about Domi, I just think about a guy who we've kind of grown up with, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you always heard about him. You know, Ty played in Toronto. He was a very popular player. Like there was a time when Domi played there for a good chunk of it, where his was the third highest selling jersey on the team behind Sundin and Joseph slash Belfort, right? So like he was, he was an extremely popular Maple Leaf and, you know, Ty would be around. It kind of reminded me a little bit like when Del Curry played for the Toronto Raptors, Steph Curry was around. You would see him shooting sometimes after practice. So even before Steph Curry became the superstar he is, he was always someone who you kind of looked out for. Max Domi, same way. Even before he became the NHL that he is, he was always someone you kind of looked out for. Ty would be at his minor hockey games. Oh yeah, He goes up through the Ontario Hockey League. He becomes a first-round draft pick. He moves through the NHL. He's always been a great quote. Like, as we tape this, Dallas is in Chicago to play the Blackhawks, and there's video, of I think, of Domi coming out to watch the morning skate and all of the Chicago players going by the bench just to say hi to him, right? Mm -hmm. He's always been a really popular, outgoing guy. And that's what I think about with Domi, like, just – a really engaging, uh, friendly person. He's a great, he's a wonderful interview. Uh, I'm with you. The one thing that stuns me about Max Domi, and again, this is sort of betraying my age, and I've watched him like you did, saw him around the rink, saw him playing with the Don Mills Flyers of the GTHL. Somewhere along the way, Max Domi became a veteran. Yeah, good one. And I've always thought of Max Domi as a really, really, you know, young, bubbly, up and coming, you know, fresh faced hockey player. Max Domi's 28 years old. Like, I don't know what, what the transition age is from, you know, you know, young kid to wily vet, but it feels weird. But Max Domi is a veteran in this league and a highly sought after uh, veteran, as we saw at trade deadline. In this interview, he'll talk about a number of different things, whether it's his teeth, whether it's his stick, 
Whether it's Matt Sundin and Bobby Clark, whether it's Mario Lemieux, we think you'll really enjoy this. Before we do the interview, I want to give special thanks to Joe Calvillo and the entire Dallas Stars organization for being as welcoming as they were, and they really were, and opened their doors for us the entire time that we were there. Joe and your staff, big thumbs up from everybody here. Max Domi on 32 Thoughts, the podcast. Listen to the 32 Thoughts podcast ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. First of all, Max, thanks for doing this on an off day. So uh, (laughs) from from this little perch, it's much appreciated. The floor is yours. Your thoughts on Dallas. It's awesome. I mean, I haven't been here for that long, to be honest. Uh, Played two games and then went on the road for whatever it was, 12 days. Um, So a great way to get to know the guys. Not necessarily a great way to get to know the city um, (laughs) and everything that goes with it. But uh, so far, so good. Honestly, like great restaurants, great people, organizations, awesome. The staff's great. And yeah. ultimately the teammates, when your teammates are awesome, which they always are, uh, it just makes everything else much easier. See, that's interesting because you're a player. Like I look at, you know, when I hear the name Max Domi, I think he's involved. Like you're involved in plays, physically, emotionally, like all of it. Like you're mm-hmm. a very engaged hockey player. And when you're like that, you make enemies on the ice pretty quickly. Yeah. What's it like going? Like, what was it like going to Dallas? You've played hard against the Dallas Stars previous. Yeah. Are there any? Is there you know mending of fences when you join a new team? It's hilarious because I mean no one ever really like holds that against you, but I think deep down they're like, oh, I hated that guy. And guys have told me we're like, dude, I hated you playing against you. You're just <laughs> such, you're so annoying. Um, but like then you become really really good buddies really quick yeah. too. So I mean that's usually how it works. Everyone I've ever. I mean, hated on the ice. It's a strong word, but that's what we use around here. And you always end up loving the guy when you meet him in person. So that's just how it goes. Was there someone on Dallas? You're like, oh, this guy. And then he turns into, this guy's awesome. You go on a 12-day road trip, like, this guy's awesome. Uh, I mean, obviously, Jamie Ben's a guy that, like, no one likes to play against. Yep. I mean, he's such a good player, one. But, two, he's just a monster and he's tough as nails. As far as I'm concerned, he's one of the toughest guys, if not the toughest in the league. And... um He'll, he'll, he'll do whatever he has to do to kind of get in your kitchen, you know, but um, he's a guy that has a lot of respect around the league. So um, yeah. certainly had our battles over, over the years, but a guy that I've always respected and just really happy to be on his side of things, you know, um, <laughs> now. And it's funny too, because like I put with his brother back when I was in Montreal yeah, and uh, Jordy's great. Like he's one of the biggest beauties I think I've ever played with. And he always would talk about his bro. I'm like, man, like your brother's a nightmare to play against, but uh, we always have a good chuckle about that. They're both great guys and super pumped. I've gotten a chance to play with both of them now. You mentioned it's only been a short time since you've been here in Dallas, but was there, or are there a couple of guys, one guy that you look at and you say, I knew he was good, Mm -hmm. but I didn't know he was that good. A lot of them. Um, First I'll go with the offensive side of things. I mean, I guess there's probably six or seven guys that I can say that for, but that top line with Hintz, Robertson, and Pavelski, all three of them, I, I knew they were unbelievable players, yeah. but the plays these guys make, I mean, man, like they just see everything out there. It's like there's three Sedins on the ice. It's it's unbelievable. And you see them in practice, like off the rush. They just make these little like two to three, sometimes five-foot plays, and they're always putting it in areas and they're skating into it. And, and that comes with a lot of time and chemistry, I think. So... Uh, it's one of the best lines in, in hockey. You can make an argument. Oh, yeah. It's, I mean, it's right there with the with the best of them, you know. And I don't think they get nearly enough credit. Hints with his speed and his skill set is is incredible. Robo's uh, ability to score one, everyone knows that. Yep. 
but just how smart he is. He's a big kid too. Uh, I didn't realize how big he was. Um, then I was walking behind him. I mean, I'm not that big, obviously. I'm pretty small, but I was walking into a, one of the first games that I played here. I was like, who is this guy in front of me? He's massive. And sure enough, it was a robo. But, yeah. um, and then Joey's, I mean, he's up there. I've heard obviously a lot of great raving reviews about him as one of the best teammates there is. And yep. he's exceeded my expectations, which is yeah. tough to do because I've, I've heard amazing things and he's first class all the way. Let so, me ask you about Pavelski. Pavelski to me is fascinating. Personally, I think he's got a Hall of Fame career and he's going in. No doubt. I look at Pavelski and I say, not the fastest skater, not the mm-hmm. hardest shot. Like you take all the individual, like, yep. maybe the best tipper. I'll give him that. Like no one tips yep. pucks like Pavelski. But I look at everything that goes into making a hockey player. Yep. And I say, there's not like one skill that really stands out other than he competes so hard every shift, every yeah. puck and is so smart. Yeah, I mean, you nailed it. I think everyone sees the the tips and stuff that obviously he works on every day. I've seen yeah. that firsthand. It's and pretty cool to watch. I, I watched it yesterday. It's a lot of reps. Like yeah. people think like when you practice and it's like oh, five minutes, like he's out there for 15, 20 minutes a day. And whether it's early or after practice, I mean, he's always he's always locked in. And I think that stemmed. I've always asked him a lot of questions about that. And him and uh, Bernsey back in the day in San Jose and Jumbo, they, they had a pretty good thing going there. And yeah. he's like, man, Burns, he's a machine. He just sit there and shoot like 300 pucks. And I just sit there and tip them all. <laughs> um, so, I mean, it's, it's pretty fascinating what, what he's done with his career. He's a guy that around the league is respected by everyone and everyone knows how good he is. And I think everyone's kind of cheering for him to get the ultimate prize and win a Stanley Cup because uh, that yep. would just be a cherry on top of a heck of a career for him. He'll go down as one of the best American players for sure of all time. And the other guy that I didn't get to talk to on that last question you asked was uh, Miro Heiskanen. Uh, yeah. <laughs> honestly, like I knew how good this guy was, just especially from playing against him a little bit. Sure. Uh, when I was in Columbus, we had the same division with um, the shortened season in the bubble and all yeah. that stuff. So I played against him quite a bit, and I was like, man, this guy is so smooth. He's unbelievable. But now playing with him, like you see him plays 30 minutes a night, He's the best player on the ice every single game. It's absolutely absurd. I mean, you see McDavid get the puck and, and take off through through the neutral zone. There's really no one that can keep up with Connor. Everyone knows that. Yeah. And, and there was a play where I just saw Miro take two strides, and he just kind of kept his stick right there. And I was like, wow, <laughs> that is that is absurd. And and honestly, everything he does, he he just he yeah. makes so many incredible plays, and he makes everyone around him better. And we're very lucky to have him here. I think he's one of my favorite players to watch and definitely to play with. So he's uh, he's unbelievable. All right, Max, I want to ask about teeth. Let's First of all, let's see the smile. Okay. What do we think? How did that happen? So funny. It was like literally four days before I got traded. So these guys in Dallas only know me as the guy with no teeth. But before, <laughs> literally right before that, I had I I had pretty nice teeth, to be honest with you. Um, but one of my good buddies, Scott Harrington from, uh, I mean, way back in London. Yeah, you know, Harry, yeah, he, he, was, yeah. he was my captain. Uh, he was my ride to the rink every day when I was 16 and 17 years old. We were very, very close. He was like a brother to me, honestly, back then. Anyways, I, I was kind of with uh, Andreas Hath and SU going to the neutral zone, and Double A kind of threw a puck this way, so I kind of tried to go around him. And Harry just decided to swing his stick a little bit higher <laughs> and, like, square in the face. And I just, like, went down. I'm like, whoa. Like, rebound, but keep a look at Max Domi here, especially in the grill area. Stick from Harrington. Goes right up. Pow. No. Are those some chiclets falling out at Sunrise? chiclets, dude. Oh. I'd be upset if that happened to me. Also, no call. And Oh, yeah. Not only was it these two teeth here, it was like the top four and then the bottom four. Like, it was just a big hole. I mean, don't read words, everyone, but I think, you know, I think we know what he's saying. And Oh, man. In San Jose, we got a couple teeth on the ice with Max Domi. 
That's an occupational hazard of the job. I went yeah. back to the bench, and there was no penalty. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I have no teeth. What do you think? I just did this myself. So, uh, I mean, honestly, man, like, it's a new look for sure. Yep. My girlfriend and mom aren't huge fans of it, but, I mean, <laughs> hey, I, I don't mind it. The lisp is a little bit annoying sometimes when you're trying to articulate eh. some words, but it's also kind of funny. You look at yourself in the mirror and it makes you laugh. Listen, Bobby Clark's special in your life, and yes. now you got the Bobby Clark look, right? Very true. Relationship with your team's dentist is what now? Good, I think. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I think it had to be good because it was like my second day here that I met with the dentist. He was like the first yeah. guy I met. So, um, no, pretty good in, in, in Dallas. Uh, the Anaheim one took care of me originally. San Jose, I just didn't have time because they were flying out right away to back yeah. to back. So I was just kind of like, all right, thanks. See ya. Like, he's like, ah, yeah, that's not very good, but yeah. you'll deal with it tomorrow. I'm like, okay. And then Chicago, obviously, was like, all right, we're going to book you in for an appointment tomorrow. And yeah. tomorrow was the day I got traded. So it was a bit of a like week long wait for me to get these teeth fixed. Yep. And this is fixed, believe it or not. Like, the, the two holes, that's what they call <laughs> fixed nowadays. So um, it is what it is. Any chirps, any players telling you you can, uh, oh, look, Max Domi can eat an apple through a fence now? It's so funny. Um, What's that kid's name? A really good player in Buffalo, the defenseman, the big kid, Samuelson. Yeah, Matthias um, Samuelson. Yeah. I don't know. I said something to him again, just me being me. Said something stupid probably. And he looked at me, and, he, and it was like my first game without both teeth. And um, he's like, dude, shut up. Look at your smile or whatever, something like that. I can't really repeat exactly <laughs> what he said, but I was like, damn, I wasn't prepared for that one. It's my first game with no jibs. So I got to go back to the drawing board just to be ready for that one. But uh, yeah, no, he got me good with that one, I guess. I want to ask you about Pete DeBoer yeah. and managing the bench. I talked to Pete yesterday, yep. and one of the things that I was talking about is like there are two teams that I look at who manage their bench better than other teams. One mm -hmm. is Boston, the other is Dallas. Mm -hmm. Like You look at the forwards. I mean, yep. everyone's under 20 minutes. All four lines go. All four lines play. Yep. I mean, Jamie Benn's having a great season. He's, he's under 16 minutes a game. Yeah. The minutes are really even. That's a, a Pete DeBoer thing. This goes back to Florida Panthers. What's he like to play for? He's unbelievable. Uh, I mean, Pete's great. I think everyone in that room loves him. And and I think when, when you have that, uh, I know it's his first year in Dallas, but everyone's kind of bought into his systems. And they have a certain way of playing here. And, and the reason why everyone's playing under 20 minutes and sometimes under 15, 16 is because you, you really can't play that much because the way you play is, is very high pace, very high energy. Um, we're going north a lot, and uh, we're competing. I mean, if, if that puck gets turned over, you got three guys, I mean, on their horse trying to race to get back to D zone and put pressure on the puck. So there's there's a lot of uh, intangibles that go with that in terms of the ice time and, and being able to manage that. But he's he's great. He's, he's very, very positive, very enthusiastic on the bench and kind of just – injects energy into our lineup i've certainly enjoyed my my short little tenor here so far with him and, and not just him too i mean naz is great on the back end he's a super positive funny guy and and, yep. and spotter's awesome too uh, i mean both those guys are, are kitchener uh, legends so um, you're not allowed from, to, from you're not allowed talk about kitchen rangers as a london night you're not allowed guy it's tough pill to swallow but uh <laughs> no no they're, they're awesome I've, i've really enjoyed my time with him so far and i'm learning a lot let me ask you about you. I mean, yeah. you're you're a veteran in this league. Which is I'm, crazy, yeah. I'm, does it feel like, because I still like, I'll be honest with you, Max, like, I remember watching you with Don Mills, like Flyers, yeah, like this is crazy, bizarre. Man. Now he's, you know, like going to be 30 in a couple of years and I he's know. a veteran in the league. Like, oh, I'm curious, like at what point did the league get comfortable for you? Like does that awkward transition phase, like at what point mm -hmm. were you like, yeah, man, I got this league? Earlier on in Arizona, obviously I had some success and uh, loved playing there, loved my teammates and whatever, but 
after like a couple of years in the league, you start to get the hang of things and, and you realize, okay, like I can do this, you know what I mean? And I can, yeah. I can be a player in this league and I can help these teams win. And then once you start getting uh, bounced around a little bit here and there, then it gets a little tricky because you're always having to adjust on the fly. Yeah. Uh, and that's just me being honest with you. It's, it's not easy. Obviously no one wants to get traded a lot, but when you're in the situations that uh, I've been in with shorter term contracts and just trying to find that right fit, but then ultimately also getting a chance to play for some two great teams, whether it was in Carolina at the deadline and now uh, another chance uh, with with Dallas to win a Stanley Cup. I mean, those are opportunities you can't pass up, right? And um, you just got to make the most of it. But um, like you said, time does fly. Like it, it's 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 Crazy, absurd yeah. to think that I was 20 years old. I mean, eight years ago now. I mean, like I'm getting old. It goes Close fast, to and, 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 and I think you realize. <laughs> you realize how fast it goes and how much you really have to enjoy every day because it is a privilege to play in the best league in the world and um, it goes quick. So you got to enjoy every second of it. What's your relationship now with officials? We're doing this interview the night after the, the Seattle game and there are a couple things as a goal called back. There was an incident with your stick that got slashed out of your hands and the official tried to give it back to you and you'd already gone to the bench to get a stick. And I'll be honest with you. I thought he was going to throw a penalty at you. Yeah, like I, I thought. I'm just curious, like, because you're a robust player, mm-hmm. right? Like you're, like I mentioned, you're an engaged guy. Yeah. What's your relationship like with the officials? It's a great question, um, and like you said, obviously a pretty emotional guy. And that being said, I, I am being kind of hard on myself when I say that, but because I do have a big heart and I do care about everyone. Yeah. Um, so I'm not, I'm not a guy that wants to scream and yell at any official. You know what I mean? But they're also your best buddy and, and uh, when the time you need them to. And, and they are great guys. They have a tough job. They have a really tough job. Yeah. They're trying to ref uh, a game that's, I mean, moving at a really high pace. And um, there's a lot of emotions in it. Uh, obviously, the fan bases are pretty crazy. So you do got to give them the benefit of the doubt for sure. Um, but there are some times where tempers do flare a little bit. And I think when I was younger, um, I had a harder time controlling that and honing that in a little bit. So might have started off on the on the wrong foot with some guys, but um, I think as you get older, you learn to, to be quick to apologize yeah. and be real quick to assure them that, hey, I'm, I'm sorry, I just my emotions got the best of me, which is the truth, you know? Like, you're not trying to, I mean, snap on anyone like that, and you're not trying to disrespect anyone ever, but that's just how the game is. And it, it works for them, too. They're like, hey, man, sorry, my temper's flared up there, too. And, and it kind of works both ways. And just that kind of mutual respect for one another i think is is how you have to handle it and like i said i I have gotten a lot better but i mean last night for instance prime example it's going to go your way sometimes and it's not going to go your way other times so it's a matter of just kind of riding that that fine line you know that's so funny because you know who told us the exact same thing two years ago at the uh, players tour in chicago Sidney crosby yeah i asked crosby i said you've had this spectacular career Mm -hmm. like a mount rushmore career right of hockey anything you regret and he said if I could do it all again, I wouldn't have gone at the officials as hard as I did yep. when I started in the NHL. He's like, yeah, I've done a lot of apologizing. Yeah, that's, the that's the goat telling you that too. So, I mean, it happens to the best of us. There you go. Prime example. I look at you, Max, and I say this game in a lot of ways is evolving towards your style of play. Mm-hmm. There are some players that I look at around the league and I say, the way he plays fits every single team. You're one of those guys. Oh, I appreciate you're a skill player. You can skate, and you're awful to play against. <laughs> like you're just as terrible to play against, miserable to play against. And it's interesting because you look at this year's trade deadline, mm-hmm. and those were the most valuable players. Like everybody wanted. I'll just be blunt. Everybody wanted to get a prick. Yeah. And some teams wanted to get two or three of them. Yep. And you know when you can play the way you can, skate the way you can, and you have that 
other side, that edge to you, mm -hmm. that's really valuable. Like, yeah. do you find that the league is trending more towards that direction? Because this year's trade deadline was fascinating. Everybody wanted those guys. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, everything you said is accurate, 100%. The game is so fast now, and there's there's a lot of more like puck possession type stuff, and you, you need to have guys that can skate, but also guys that can think the game and, and make skilled plays. But um, that being said, once playoff time comes around, um, you need some hard-nosed dudes that, that can do all that stuff, but also mix it up in terms of play hard, get in, in corners, and, and, and be hard to play against because it's all about winning, right? And if you're one of those guys, obviously this year seemed to be a year that was in favor to those kind of players. And um, I just got to be one of the beneficiaries of that because mm -hmm. obviously a chance to, to play in Dallas. And that's all I'm really focused on is, is and I'm here, I'm a Dallas star and uh, I'm just trying to help this team win a Stanley Cup, you know? So it is a huge honor and a huge privilege to get picked up by one of the best teams. Um, and it's a great opportunity, right? You got to yeah. make the most of it. So, I mean, like you said, if, if that's why they brought you in, you better do your best job to showcase all that and, and do whatever it takes. And Sometimes teams just think they have a little missing piece here and there. And if you're what they think, uh, I mean, they need, then, then go out there and get it, you know? There's one thing that you do that I've always marveled at. And we saw it in the Memorial Cup mm -hmm. against Portland. You're between the legs, sauce pass yep. to Bo Horvat, which is still legendary, <laughs> one of the greatest passes I've ever seen. You want to talk about sick, and I mean sick skill? Watch what Domi does with this puck. It's right in his feet, but he goes between the legs to get it to Horvat. And that's why these two guys are going to be high first-round NHL picks. Sorry about your luck, Damian Cox, but Domi will go in the top 15. I can promise you right now, and here's why. Look at this move between the legs. Over to Horvat. He's got it tied up between his feet. This is sensational right here. Well, I'm running out of real estate. That's ah, okay. I'll just go between the legs. And it's a sauce pass at that. Great job there by Horvat to finish it off. That is a highly skilled goal by two National Hockey League first round picks simply sensation a little lucky but and i thought like wow you know what that's the best pass i've ever seen domi make and then in the game against seattle not last night but the previous game yep. overtime tamira haskinen long bomb mm -hmm. beautiful sauce pass lay it perfectly on the blade yeah dallas is gonna end up winning the battle you get the steal but the pass from domi across there's the battle up high Sauce up and over Schultz, waving the stick, but right on the tape of Haskinen, and he ends up beating Grubauer far side. But, I mean, you got to give credit to that pass. I mean, it's through the air, good two feet in the air, lands perfectly on Haskinen's stick. They won the battle, and if you're Seattle... We talked about Pavelski and working on tips. Mm -hmm. Is that something that you work on, or that's just something you've always had? A lot of coaches have been all over me about that because I've, I've always been a pass-first guy. And I think that probably stems from my mom, if I'm being honest with you. And really? She's just a very giving person. And, 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 I mean, she's more happy when she sees someone else doing well than herself. Yeah. And it's not to say that I, I'm the exact same as her, but um, for whatever reason, since I've been a young kid, I've always got a real good feeling when I see someone else score. And, and you're the reason why you're helping them do that. Versus scoring, I was always like, not insecure, but you, I mean, it sounds weird to say, but you're just like, oh, like you don't want that attention kind of thing. Seriously? It was weird, man. As a kid, that's just how I felt. Like, just I love setting up the boys. Like, on two-on-ones, I would never pass, or I would never shoot. I'd always pass. Yeah. Uh, and my dad would absolutely lose his mind. Like, <laughs> at one point, and this is a true story, he'd actually, uh, he'd, he had two people text or call me. I don't remember which one it was, but Matt Sundin told me he's, he would just be like, but enough with the passing like 
shoot. Yeah. If you're going to make the NHL, you got to learn how to shoot. So that was one guy. And then the second guy, who's one of the best, if not the best all-time ever, uh, all-time hockey player, is Mario Lemieux. And he said, but yep. they don't pay you for assists. They pay you for scoring goals. <laughs> and that was when I was, like, seven, eight years old. So, like, obviously, like, I mean, his mind was, was a little further down the road. But two obvious, obvious legends that have been all over me about shooting the puck since yeah. I was a, a real young kid. But, again, like I said, I, I love passing. Um, I love, I mean, thinking the game that way. Uh-huh. Um, but at this level, uh, it is a fine line because sometimes you can't overpass. And, and that's something that I've definitely struggled with. And, and there's a time to shoot. And you do have to be selfish at some point. So it's it's something I've been working on for sure. But, uh, of course, passing has just always come natural and, and something I've enjoyed doing. So um, working on sauce passes, forehand, backhand, I mean, just making little plays here and there is, is something I've always worked on in practice and back on the backyard rinks and in pond hockey for sure. It's awesome. It's so much fun to watch. Tell us about your relationship with Matt Sundin. Mm-hmm. I mean, this stretches back a long yep. time from when your dad played with him. Yeah, I mean, Max is, is essentially a godfather to me. I mean, this this guy is someone that, I mean, after my dad, he's he's one of the first people that I would call in terms of uh, getting advice for, for hockey or anything. I mean, whether it's off the ice or on the ice, mm-hmm. he's, he's my first call. Uh, he's helped me a lot with my off-season training program. Um, we keep in contact. He watches most of my games for sure. Obviously, I'm always trying to... Um, keep in touch with him and his family and, and checking on the kids who are growing very fast, but um, it's insane. It's it's something that I look back on and, and, and you don't realize how special something is until you, you step out of the little bubble for a second. Sure. Like when Matt Sundin's the guy you're calling all the time, that's not necessarily normal. You know what I mean? You realize all your teammates were like... Yeah, not everyone has access to that. He but, gets to call Matt Sundin. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it, it's something that I'm, I'm again, I, I don't take for granted and, and I'm very grateful for and thankful for because yeah. he's not only a Hall of Fame hockey player, but a Hall of Fame human being too. And, and he's someone that I lean on a lot. This kind of sound like a, a dumb question, but I think mm-hmm. I, I think you're going to understand what I'm, what I'm getting at here. How much has your dad helped you? Like not, and I'm, yeah. I'm not saying like not just because you know yep. your your nameplate says that says yeah, Domi and second generation players, but I've always felt that your father never got enough respect for being a good player. Yep, that guy could skate, man. You know, I say this to everyone, and first of all, the the most important thing that I can take away from all that, and, and nowadays is is the people that he's surrounded me with. And the situations he surrounded me with growing up, you can't teach that. And you, you can't write that in a book. Um, that's something. That's you, parenting, right? Like, you, as a, I mean, and, I'm a parent. I got three kids. And like yeah. my wife and I are always talking about, like, what can we give the kids? Experiences. Experiences. It, as and, much as you can. And that's all he did. He just literally just kept throwing me in these situations to try and teach me. And, and again, he, he played a different role than obviously I do on, on, a, on a hockey team for sure, all the way up. And uh, he did whatever it took to get there. And I respect him more than anyone on the planet because he did the hardest job in, in all of sports, realistically, and, and the most selfless thing you can think of to really step up to these absolute mammoth human beings um, just to protect his teammates when he was just this little, <laughs> little guy. And um, I mean... He's an absolute warrior, uh, unbelievable teammate, and a guy that worked for everything and earned everything that he got. It, it kills me that he never got a chance to win, and, and that's probably the biggest thing that drives me every single day is to try and do something that he wasn't able to do, uh, not just for myself, but for him as well. That would be something pretty special. So I owe almost everything to my parents, for sure, just as I'm sure your kids would say the same thing. I mean, we wouldn't be where we are today without the sacrifices. Some days better, some days that. worse. Of course, of course. <laughs> but you, you know what? I mean, I, th- I think just that and surrounding me with the proper people and different situations that teach you yeah. how to be a pro at a very young age, I think that was something that, I mean, you can't script, and, and I'm very appreciative of my dad, for sure. Let me ask you about equipment. 
Yeah. Because I can recall, and I'm going to take this back to your dad. Mm-hmm. I can recall when everybody all of a sudden, uh, the TPS XN10s yep. sticks, like everybody had to, had to have them. And yep. everyone was still sort of at that time in the NHL, it seemed, fighting with this new technology, like backing up a pass with your skate and, yep. oh man, it's going off the heel, it's going off the toe. Growing up, yeah. Were you always a guy that had, you know, either from your dad or from the Maple Leafs room, like yep. the hottest, latest gear? Like, how did Max Domi get an XN10? You know what? It's funny. Um, I always was a TPS guy because um, my dad was a TPS That's guy. That's right, yeah. And going back to Brad Jansen, I don't know if you know that name. but Janie, I know Brad, yeah. Janie was, uh, was a legend. Yeah, yeah, I know Brad, yeah, with yeah. A TPS legend for sure, great guy. Was with Easton for a while, but yep. um, he would always, uh, and my dad was a righty, right? So. I couldn't just take my dad's sticks. <laughs> so I actually had, I think part of the way they paid him was, was through like credit within the company. And sure. I, I, we just used most of that credit for, for my custom stick. <laughs> so you'd see like Domi 13, like an intermediate tiny little stick That's with uh, a, a Zetterberg curve was pretty straight back in the day. But no, I, I, I mean, I love TPS, but I, I love changing stuff up and always trying new things. Mm-hmm. But um, it was kind of whatever my dad had access to. I wasn't really able to just, oh, dad, I want a Bauer, you know? Like he yeah. was against that because he was like, why would I ever get, the, I got a free stick here for you. Why would I get, <laughs> why would I go buy a Bauer? So I was always kind of in the TPS lane, but I did have a pair of gloves and I was at the Toronto Marlies that literally lasted me like five years. And at that time, like it's gross. You know what I mean? Like it's so gross how long. Those are the worst. Like they smell so bad it's the and, and they're like peeling. Know. And, oh, and no. at one point, like I think I just came home and my dad just like threw them away. And it was like the worst day ever <laughs> because I'm like, dude, you can't do that but um no i mean i was a tps guy through and through but yeah. I, I certainly did have access to a lot of equipment that uh i mean most people might not have but uh love hockey stuff for sure hockey gear geek for sure you are right eh? yeah. what, what what's the the one piece of equipment you like you're fanatical about uh my stick stick and then probably skates and gloves are, are right yeah. there as well what do you like in a stick um i mean Again, like going back to my comment about not really being a shooter, more of a passer. Uh, I like to feel the puck a little bit more. Yeah. Um, so I'm not really all into the whole like kick point release thing of of all these really light sticks. They're almost too light. I mean, some of the younger guys love them, and then they're plenty skilled. So it has nothing to do with that. Like uh, you can use either stick, but uh, me personally, I like a little bit of a heavier heavier blade and like the more old school build of of a shaft and and blade combo. So. Um, I've had the same Bauer stick for a while, just a couple different paint jobs over top. But uh, hmm. yeah, no, I, I've had the same curve for a few years now. Pretty locked in as of right now. Are you one of those players that has, as the season goes on, the flex changes? No, 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 no. You're not that guy? No. Um, when I was younger, though, like, which is hilarious. I mean, Stan Wilson, one of the best, if not the best equipment guy on the planet. And not just equipment guy, but human being. Him and yeah. Tony Silva, Jason Rudy, the whole staff in Arizona was incredible. But Stan would be like, dude, just find something and stick with it. And and Stan was also the equipment guy when my dad played in Winnipeg. So he had known me since I was an infant, yeah. um, which was awesome. But uh, he would be all over me. He said, just, just find something that works and just yeah. stick with it. So the first few years, I, I was all of a sudden, oh, I want to try everything. You know what I mean? Like you have access to all this stuff in the NHL. You're like, oh, I want to try this curve, this curve, whatever. Yeah. And you just drive yourself insane. So finally, grew up a little bit. And uh, again, when I went to Montreal, I just found a curve, stuck with that. And I've been with that one ever since. But mm. um the staffs that I've had the privilege of being with, I mean, from Arizona, Montreal, Columbus, uh, then Carolina and Chicago, and now Dallas. Like it's almost like I've had the six best staffs. It seemed like, but it's like it, it's incredible how awesome these guys are, and also how in tune they are with all the stuff coming out. Because mm-hmm. I feel like nowadays, I mean, you know, back in the day, like 
they wouldn't change that much in a stick. You know nope. what I mean? Now it's like all of a sudden there's holes in sticks and stuff. Like it's it's bananas. You know, like oh, yeah. what some of these kids are trying. Did you so try those? I did, but like the slings, I, I, right? I couldn't. I couldn't do it. So like these guys have their hands <laughs> full, but they've been they've been great with all that. You mentioned dad. I want to ask you about your mom. Yeah. Um you're a very fashion forward guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how many pairs of shoes you own. Too many. But that all comes from mom, who used to work in the fashion industry. She wouldn't be, be very happy if I blamed her for that, but because um, <laughs> she's against my uh, addiction for Your shoes. Shoe addiction? Yeah. That, does it yeah. come from her? Or is that just that's just always been you? I think it's just me, but uh, pretty addictive personality overall. But honestly, I, I've actually again grown up a little bit, so I don't uh, yeah. don't just waste money on a pair of shoes for the sake of doing it anymore. But I was with Nike for a few years, so that saved me quite a bit of time and, and money it's That's huge handy. yeah um but no again like i mean at some point i mean you have you have two feet right so um, two, <laughs> two feet and not that many days in a year so you, you, there's no point in having too many pairs of shoes i guess and I, I learned that one pretty quick a lot of talk at the general managers meetings last week about the automatic fight after a big hit Mm-hmm. Take us into a player's point of view. A lot of players will say like, listen, a big collision happens. We don't know. We don't see it. We just assume it's a bad hit. So we're going for it. Yep. Like take take us in a player's mind after one of your guys gets hit. Like what happens in your mind? You're on the ice. Maybe you don't see it. What's your initial instinct? It's really just a reaction, to be honest. Um, I mean, I have two instigator penalties this year and both were hits on Patrick Kane that when you go back and watch the hit, like oh like he didn't get hit that hard and yeah. like, you probably shouldn't have reacted that way but when you're just in the culture of i mean the family culture of being like every time i walk down the locker room i would do anything for those guys that i see and we're trying to win every single game so when someone gets hit or someone looks like they're in an uncomfortable position it's your job to step up for them that's that's just kind of how i was raised um that's how our game is um as much as they try to get rid of that stuff that's mm-hmm. it's always going to be like the case in our game and and quite frankly both times i i just I don't know. I, I, you see red and you just go to your teammates defense. You know what I mean? And then after like, if, if you have the time to think about it, of course you're going to be able to make a better decision. You know what I mean? But the reality of our game is it's so fast. Things happen so quickly. It's an emotional game. Um, a lot of things happen like that. So I, I mean, listen, I, I, I think it's great. I think it's awesome to see when guys step up um, for their teammates, because I think that creates the, the culture that, that so many people before us and so many generations before us have built. Mm-hmm. Um, which makes our game so special that you'd, you'd give anything for the guy to the right and the guy to the left. Um, and it's about the team, not the individual. Uh, and that's a selfless play as far as I'm concerned. Um, and again, that's just kind of in my blood for, for what my dad did. That was his job. So um, I think it's it's got a, a, a place in hockey. I, I'm not sure what where their mindset's at, the GMs and stuff like that. Because, um, I mean, of course, if there's going to be a clean hit, you can't have a fight every single time. Yeah. Um, and I, I think nowadays, too, is, is the game has gotten away from these massive hits in terms of, like, the consistency of the massive hits. Yep. Like, you'd see, like, a huge hit that, that Jacob Truba throws once in, like once every few games. You'd see that, like, every period. You know what I mean? I think the game's evolved in a way that makes it just like put a spotlight on each individual that hit. That's so true. Because there's just not as many. It's completely so true. So it's tough to, to really blame the players on that. It's just that's where the game is. And I don't think it's actually changed as much as people think it has. It's interesting hearing you talk about that because I've always been of the belief that sports sports kind of exists in this weird place between yeah. what your head knows. Like you talk about, like you go back, and like, eh, maybe overreacted. Yeah. There's what your head knows and what your heart feels. And like sports is right in between there, man. 100%. Like that's where it, uh, that's where it lives. Last question for you. Mm-hmm. What do you want people to know about you? (laughs) 
Uh, Floor is yours. This is the billboard for Max Domi. <laughs> what do you want people to know about you? Oh, man. I, I've kind of given up on, on really caring about what people know about me, to be honest, because a lot of people will paint a picture. And I think that's the number one thing and takeaway from me is that nowadays with social media and all this stuff and misunderstandings here, misunderstandings there, and they interpret something this way or interpret something that way, is people are always going to have views on you. And, and whatever that might be, good or bad, I mean, it's what it is, right? And mm. um, I keep my circle real tight, whether it's guys in hockey with my teammates and uh, my real tight-knit circle of friends back home. My family is number one. Um, so that, those are the people that I care about in terms of mm. what they think of me. You know what I mean? And if, if they're proud of me and they're happy with who I am as a human being, that's all I care about. And, and really, that's, that's how I, I live my life is as someone that I, I try and enjoy every single day. I try and um, leave a positive mark on everyone I meet. And, and, and make their day a little bit better. I think the world is drifting too far away from that these days. People that get a little bit true. too uh, self-obsessed and what others think of them and, and what they're doing. And I, I think the world's a better place when you're worried about taking care of others around you. So um, that's how I just operate. That's how I was raised. And uh, I care about one thing and one thing only, and that's my family um, and, and the, those, cl those close people around me and what they think. And, and other than that, I mean, hey, if you got an opinion on me, that's great. You can have an opinion. I, I really don't care, you know, but... Uh, and the other thing is, is, is after family is, is trying to win a Stanley Cup. So I'm in Dallas right now. Couldn't be more proud to be a, a star um, and represent this city and this fan base with, with this amazing team. And we have one goal, and, and that's to win. So just trying to be real present where my two feet are and help this team out in any way I can. It's awesome. Well, you made this podcast better. Thanks, <laughs> Thanks so much, buddy. Max. I Good appreciate it, Jeff. Great seeing you. Isn't he great? That's Max Domi of the Dallas Stars. The full video, by the way, will drop on Thursday on our Sportsnet YouTube channel. Taking us out today is an artist from Miami, Florida. Aaron Edwards, stage name Real Live Animals, doesn't need much to make great music. Give him his instruments, and the producer and engineer will create something special that samples multiple genres. With Empty, here's Real Live Animals on 32 Thoughts, the podcast. Complicated is what they call me. Miss me later, a final warning. Tell me, are you afraid of dying? Hope they mourn you, see them crying. Ain't that what you want? I can make a start.